Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of First on the Field. Happy New Year to everyone. I hope you started off your 2020 as well as I did. Hopefully you have some new goals. This is the time of year where everyone sets new goals, has a plethora of opportunities that come along with the new year. And along with the new year comes BOC time for many athletic training students that are in their senior year. Usually that testing starts, I think, March and April or the February exam if you're taking it early. So this episode is going to be all about how to pass your BOC the first time. So a little bit of background on my BOC that I took almost a year ago at this point. I took my BOC in February of 2021. Usually my school would advocate for us to take the exams like March, April, but I decided to take it in February. I studied over my Christmas break in the beginning of the second semester. I found that not being in school for about a month really helped me just have all the time in the world to study for my BOC. And I passed my BOC the first time with most of my scores being in the 90th percentiles, except for one that was in about the 88th percentile. Those high scores or high percentile definitely surprised me when I went over it with my program director in my senior year exit meeting, but it just made me even more proud of the work that I did over the time of my four years at school and as well in my study time during Christmas break and during the first kind of half of my second semester. So I'm going to go over, I think, five or six kind of different steps that you go that you can go through to Try to get the best score that you can pass on your first time. It's all about getting that 70%, right? It doesn't matter what you got. It just matters that that pass comes across your screen. So without any further ado, we will hop right into these five or six steps that you can do to pass your BOC the first time. So first, I have determine when it makes sense to take your exam. Do you have a season? Like, is your season coming up this semester for your clinical assignment? Do you still need to take the GRE? Do you have at least two months to study for the exam? I would say those are probably the biggest three questions that you need to ask yourself because if you have a season that's a spring season coming up, it really does make a difference on the amount of time you have to study. That was a big part in why I took my exam in February because I was working baseball my senior year. If anyone knows baseball, you play about 70 games in a season without postseason games. And those games usually start late February, early March. So I knew that I... Especially in for me and my clinicals, I put all my time into my clinicals. I give, I gave everything that I had for my clinicals, so I knew that if I was going to be full in season, I probably shouldn't try to study for my BOC while being in season, having two to three games per week, sometimes having longer practices, um, setting up for travel, all of those things. I felt that it made more sense to take my exam when there was nothing really going on. You know, the beginning of the semester is never too hard. Um, you're getting into the swing of things. So I felt all of those things played a huge role in the time that I decided to take my BOC. That second question, if you need to still take the GRE, do not study for your GRE and your BOC at the same time. I promise you, it's a mistake. The GRE is a whole different type of exam. It's a whole different type of studying, and it takes a lot out of you, even though it is all educational things that you have already learned in your past years. I promise you, I'm studying for it right now. Do not do them at the same time. Give your BOC all 
all of your energy because one, the GRE will still be there and you can you can study for the GRE and get a decent score in a little shorter of a time span. And at the end of the day, the GRE does not determine if you're certified or not. So do not take them together. Take the GRE after you've fully studied and taken your BOC. And then the second, the third one is, do you have at least too much to study for the exam? That's kind of flexible. I used right around two months. That seemed to be the best. It decreased the amount of stress I had. It really allowed me to hone in on the skills that I needed to and feel confident enough by the time my exam came up that I was ready to take the exam. So think about those three questions and answer them for yourself if you want to take the February exam, the March exam, the April exam, and I believe there's a summer exam, um, especially for those people who need a second chance to take it. So on to the second step, prepare your study materials. Try not to just jump into studying for your BOC like willy-nilly because there's so much material that you need to know where it is, organize it in a way that you can study it before you just jump in. If you try to jump in, and it's like jumping in the ocean. You have learned so much in four years. You have to have some type of organization to relearning and like going reviewing all of this material because at the end of the day, this exam is over things that you have learned in the last four years. So in order to study your materials, you should buy or borrow any study books. I personally recommend the Athletic Training Exam Review by Lynn Van Ost. It's definitely on Amazon, a great book. It has amazing practice questions. There are some like mild um, typos and things like that, but I felt like it gave me so much insight on the type of questions, how they would be formulated scenarios, all of those things. That book, again, is Athletic Training Exam Review by Lynn Van Haas. It's a blue book. You should definitely go get it. Another book that I found surprisingly helpful was called Clinical Pathology for Athletic Trainers. Now, this was not one that was included in my curriculum during my time at school, but I found it on the exam guide, and that was an area that I struggled. I struggled with like general medicine pathology. I didn't feel very confident in it, so I found this book, and I read it cover to cover, and it is a very simple, straight-to-the-point book that really helped me understand the pathology of general medicine overall curriculum that really helped me during the exam to know and feel confident in my general medicine skills. Principles of Pharmacology textbooks. That one I recommend loosely because I went through that book as well cover to cover, learning every single medication, side effect, all of that. And if you go read your exam guide, it's not that in-depth as far as pharmacology. If you know your basic types of medications, not even really specific medications. If you know your types of medications and what they treat, you will be good. I do not recommend learning every single side effect, every single um, medication for every single issue. I would say learn your types, like types of antibiotics, um, types of NSAIDs, beta um, antagonists, things like that. Learn the general things, not the specific brands of each medication. Also, general medical conditions for athletes. This was another book that was in my curriculum for my gen med class. That book was tremendous and, again, helping me in my weak points. I very early on evaluated my weak points to be able to study and hone in on the things that I needed to. I had to be honest with myself. What was I uncomfortable with? I didn't need to study anatomy. I'm very confident in my anatomy. I didn't take all the time 
as much time as I did for general medicine as I did for anatomy because there's no point in wasting time when you're studying for your BOC. So to recap that, the books that I recommend, definitely go get them and check the exam guide. We'll go a little bit more in depth about the exam guide, but check the exam guide. It literally tells you where they get the information from the exam. Second thing I have is print and download all the position statements that you need to read and understand. Focus on those recommendations and how to apply them in clinical scenarios. They will tell you, again, on the exam guide, exactly which position statements you need to know and understand. Do not, do not, do not go read every single one of them and then not even really understand, fully comprehend the ones that you need to know. So check that exam guide and focus on the recommendations. I found that the way they ask about the position statements is how you apply them in scenarios, which is basically the entire exam. How do you apply things? Read and understand your recommendations, how to apply them. Those recommendations tell you, like, you have multiple sections before recommendations, and it's the background, how it happened, things they did, blah, 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 but those recommendations really are what the NATA wants you to know and understand and be able to apply. That is the purpose of the position statement, to give recommendations on how to deal with these specific incidences, injuries, conditions, all of the above. Next, print and download the exam guide. Like I said, this exam guide literally tells you what is on the exam, where they get the questions from. The people who create the questions have to use some type of format reference, and that is what the exam guide tells you. It tells you what they referenced to make these these questions for the exams. So going back to establishing your weak points, you should definitely look at the exam guide to find out what references were used in were used in making the questions in your weak points. So that's how I found the clinical pathology for athletic trainers because I knew I was bad at clinical pathology. Looked on the exam guide, saw that that was the book that they used, and I went and, I went and bought it and read it. That's how, come on, take the test. They give you what you need. Pick out what you need and keep going. The next one is gain access to practice exams. My personal soapbox about this is that if I paid my school $40,000 plus dollars, I should, you should be giving me access to these $20, $30 practice exams. That's just me, especially for programs that don't even help their students throughout the years. No scholarships, no nothing. You know how it goes. That's my personal soapbox. But there are many um, practice exams out there on the NATA website. I believe the BOC website also has a couple on there. I would say take one as a diagnostic for the NATA and then take that second one. I think it's a black and a red exam and then take the second one as a part of your practice material but get access to to those they'll help you understand how the test is formatted it's literally the exact format of the test the one from the NATA so be sure to get access to those save up your 20 30 dollars again my soapbox they should definitely be paying for those but it's fine last one is gather all the materials that you need like in in reference to book breakdowns. I had a full breakdown from an upperclassman of mine and a full in-depth outline of the AT principles 
book. Everyone knows that's the Athletic Training Bible. It was so helpful to have an outline of that book rather than reading it cover to cover. That That's the first way I started and ditched that plan immediately. It just was not for me, but we'll get into how other people study as well, but I just couldn't do it. So I used a breakdown and outline. It was about 90 pages, but it gave me what I needed from that book. So the third step is to make a schedule. Give yourself about eight weeks to prepare for your exam. Your schedule doesn't have to be super duper strict, but you should have a plan on when you would like to be completely done with reviewing material that you are not confident in and when you want to start doing more practice questions. Don't waste your practice questions when you don't even know how to start to begin them. Review the material that you don't know. Be honest with yourself and the stuff that you genuinely do not know so you have So you know what you need to go relearn and spend time learning about, reviewing, all of that. So definitely just split that into a a content phase, which is studying over and over the things that you need to know, and then a practice phase. So I would recommend studying for about three to four hours actively every day, and then occasional studying, like when you're in clinicals, using your flashcards, any portable study material that you can use, I would highly recommend those three to four hours and then slipping in a little extra studying here and there. If you have a younger student that you're working with at your clinical site, I would highly suggest you ask them about what they're learning because it's probably going to be on your BOC. Ask them what they're learning to test your knowledge as well as solidifying what they're learning in their own head so they can question you about it and you guys can talk and have a dialogue about it. I did that. I loved it. It helped me, one, me and the student I was working with to get closer um, as professionals and then get better, both of us getting better um, with the time that we spent doing it. Flashcard recall is always great for on the go, but be sure not to only study flashcards. This exam is not a recall exam. It is an application exam, but it is good to use the flashcards to quickly recall anatomy, quickly recall certain, you know, acronyms, the things that you've created to remember certain things better. I would suggest flashcards for that. The fourth step is time to study. Take this study period serious. You paid about $400 for this exam, so take the study time serious so that you are able to pass it on your first try. Take every opportunity that you have to study between classes, at clinicals, with other students. Like I said, do it with your younger student. Do it with your classmates. Do it with your roommates. People who have no clue what's going on, be able to teach them. Being able to teach material is the highest level of understanding that material. Being able to teach it to someone that is completely outside of your field and have them understand it is even better. Finally, if your program directors or your professors ask you about your weak points and are willing to create specific study sessions, specific content or study materials that are catered to your weak points, take that to your advantage. Those sessions about your weak points are priceless. Sometimes you just need someone with more knowledge to create something that you didn't think about. So definitely take advantage if your professors or your directors are, you know, willing to create something specific for you. Fifth and final step, take the dang exam. After eight weeks of four weeks of content, four weeks of four weeks of practicing, take your exam. Don't stress yourself out too much about it, especially if you've given yourself ample time. If you've done the studying, don't stress yourself out too much. A little bit of stress, of course, always creates some motivation. But remember that you have learned this stuff. It's all about applying it in the best way. 
The last thing about actually taking your exam, don't study the night before. What you don't know, you won't know. And there will be so many other questions that you do know. Do not focus on the things that you, the little bits and pieces. Don't waste time on the exam with little bits, little small questions that you don't remember. Just don't study the night before. Get a good night's rest. Wake up. Be ready to crush the exam. So those are the five steps to pass your BOC the first time. So finally, I have some tips for you. These are just quick rundown tips, but I think they're so important to help you understand this test. This is an application exam, not a recall exam. Like I said before, you have to be able to apply this information to scenarios, not just recall anatomy or definitions of like pharmacology, things like that. So in order, you have to be able to apply this stuff. Apply, apply, apply. If you read something, it's like, oh, how would I do that on the field? How would I do that in the clinic? How would I do that in an industrial setting? You have to be able to apply your knowledge to solve a lot of these scenarios. Second, get comfortable with check all that apply. Check all that apply. It's it's a check all that apply exam. Honestly, that's what I felt when I took it. Of course, they change the exam every couple of years, but when I took it, listen, majority of my questions were check all that apply. So I want to go over a little tip with y'all. Um, it's the point system for the check all that apply. So you get one point for a correct answer and minus one point for a wrong answer. So say if you were to in doing a check all that apply question and you choose two right answers and one wrong answer, you will only receive one point for that question. So if you are absolutely positive about two of your questions or about two of your answers, sorry, and you're debating about that third, do not risk losing another point. Like just take your two points and go. Unless you know that that third one is definitely an answer. If you're shaky on it at all, I would not recommend risking losing a point. Every point counts. People fail by one point. Like I I have a friend that barely failed her exam. It is so important. Do not risk losing those points for the check all that apply. Pick them, be absolutely positive and don't risk losing that that last point. Almost always for check all that apply, this is a big one to remember. For check all that apply, the answers are either going to be half or less. You are never, rarely, ever, I will stick my neck out and say you will never have a question where you have more, the number of correct answers is more than half of the total possible answer choices, if that makes sense. This, it's all about, test strategy is the same, is just as important as knowing your content, right? So with this test being so much check all that apply, Remember that it's always it is always going to be half or less. And remember the point system plus one point for a correct answer, minus one point for a wrong answer. If you're positive about two of them, don't risk losing that point on the third. That's just how I took my test. Listen, do what you want, but your girl passed with a pretty high with flying colors. So <laughs> two more. Um, don't compare your study strategies to others. This is how I studied. I took the approach of content phase and practice phase, which is studying content for half, so about four weeks, and then doing straight practice for another four weeks. That's how I approached my BOC. One of my classmates did a mixture of both of those her entire study period and passed. Another classmate literally read athletic training principles textbook cover to cover and passed on her first try another classmate did mostly content review for the majority of her study period and we all passed just figure out what works best for you and do that these are all my tips but of course change them in any way that 
works best for you. Do what you need, but it is so possible for you to pass this exam the first time. You paid all this money for it. Follow these steps, and I promise you, you will pass. Take it serious. Be motivated. You are in the home stretch. You're about to be a certified athletic trainer. It will all be worth it. I hope you guys liked this episode. I've been planning to make this episode for so long, and I'm so excited to get it out to you guys to hopefully help so many people pass their BOC and finally become certified that's all that's what we all want finally become certified like i said i hope you guys appreciated this episode be sure to follow me on instagram at first ot field and let me know what you guys think see you guys well you guys will hear from me on the next episode i hope you guys have a great one thanks bye